0: You're listening to another episode of The Zag. One of our favorite folks is on today, Sarah Esquivel, who was a 2018 Fellow. She also was in the inaugural LA Engage Class. She's on our board. Lots to talk about. Let's get to it. Yes, sir. you have the rare trifecta of Engaged Institute and the board. Why do you keep hanging out with NLC all these years?
1: You know, that's a great question. Uh... <laughs> that's the first time I've heard of the term trifecta associated yeah. with engaged. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's good or bad. I think I'm just a little upset. <laughs> guess. Uh, I and mean, you know what, no, I do get asked that question quite a lot, um, from folks that were interested in applying to Institute and, you know, they do a little bit of a uh, researching and they see, um, you know, what we're involved in. And yeah, I've been asked that question before. So, um, yeah, I think I've just really enjoyed being around the community and being around the people Um, and just seeing opportunities to take on leadership roles, um, you know, seemed exciting to me. And so, you know, here I am, can't get rid of me.
0: Can't get rid of you. Nice. And we'll talk about some engaged stuff a little bit later in the episode, but I want to start with why you feel like USC is so superior to every other university in California.
1: I had a feeling. uh, That's the only thing
0: I wanted to have you on and talk about. (laughs)
1: So first of all, I don't feel that way.
0: Okay, just checking.
1: Uh, no, um, I have really enjoyed my time working at USC. And there, there is something to say about an institution where uh, the alumni network is so strong. And I guess in my experience, as someone who went to a very small liberal arts school for undergrad, I didn't get that. And so having worked at USC while also going to school, I got my master's there, um, was a cool experience because I got to see both sides um, of interacting, you know, with current students, then also being a current student myself. Um, And as someone who works in recruitment, you know, part of me is, you know, and I hate saying that we have to sell (laughs) the experience or sell programs. That's a little bit of what we do in recruitment um is basically just telling folks, you know, these are some of the benefits, you know, of attending this institution. And one of them being the alumni network. Um, and so I was able to to really talk about the alumni network from the perspective of a student and now an alum, um, who definitely has reaped the benefits of being part of a, such a great alumni network. So I think that's why one of the one of the reasons why um, I think that USC In terms of not necessarily being superior to other institutions, but I do think that there does not exist an alumni network like the USC network.
0: Yeah. And then in terms of you being a student there, so remind folks what you're studying.
1: So I I did get my master's um, at USC. Mm -hmm. I got my master's in uh, post-secondary administration and student affairs.
0: Got it. And then longer term, do you feel like you'll hang out there for years to come? You're looking for other opportunities 5, 10, 15 years down the road? What do you see?
1: I'm absolutely open to other opportunities. Um, I don't know if I'll stay in higher ed forever, although I really do enjoy it. And I love what I do. I love who I work with. I love my office. Um, There are definitely lots of advantages of, of staying at USC, for example, you know, the whole fifteen year thing, your kids get free tuitions, so that's definitely not, you know, bad a bad thing. So mm-hmm. um there are definitely incentives and they and they definitely do try to, you know, provide employees with again like several benefits to get them to stay. So we'll see.
0: Nice. Cool. Well listen, when we come back we'll talk a little bit about Sarah's adventures with Engaged and what we're working on with that program. Stay tuned, we'll be right back at listening to the Zach. Yeah. So like I said, at the beginning, you were in the inaugural class in 2017, and now you're one of uh, two other alums, along with myself, who are working with this year's engaged group. What's that been like to having gone through the inaugural group and then leading it this year?
1: It's a little surreal, to be honest. Um, And I think why it feels surreal, and I'll share my experiences, I think that it goes back to positionality and perhaps we all are coming in with a different framework or a different lens um and i know that when i was in the inaugural class i think many of us especially those of us who are not used to being in those types of spaces um women of color people of color um we're just not used to again like being in those spaces and so i remember starting off or starting starting uh engaged and feeling a little intimidated being in that space. Um, And so it was actually very, again, like surreal, but also very empowering now to be on the other side of the experience and to see how it's helping other people after us.
0: And then what do you feel like the complimentary experience that you had last year with Institute, what has that led you to think about as you're planning engaged sessions? And just for folks that don't know, Institute is a little bit longer, the training's, are more skill-based in some ways, whereas Engage tends to be more issue-focused, policy-focused. So, for example, uh, this coming week, we're looking at criminal justice uh, and that and how progressives tackle criminal justice. But yeah, when you think about your institute experience and the Engage together, how did that inform how you're trying to put the curriculum together for the group this year?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of our biggest concerns slash maybe fears um, was how do we recreate that sense of community that we felt in the institute, right? Because with engaged, we only have a handful of sessions, you know, with the fellows, and we're only together for a couple of hours, you know, the days that we do meet. And I know, speaking for myself, I was concerned that perhaps the fellows wouldn't get that close or wouldn't feel comfortable enough uh, to, you know, speak up or to participate in discussions. Or, you know, I think there's a certain sense of closeness or you have to feel comfortable enough to, to be vulnerable in those types of spaces. Um, but so far, I think it's gone really well. Um, and I think the fellows um, have been getting close. And I think that we've tried to model some of the facilitations, bringing in the types of speakers that we know that the fellows will want to hear from trying to, again, create uh, opportunities for the fellows to, you know, get together and to bond, you know, outside uh, the engaged sessions, um, which I know that was a big part of Institute was being able to hang out outside of Institute. I think that's why we got so close.
0: Yeah. Tell folks about that. Cause it's, you know, having been around NLC now so long, I get always irrationally excited when groups of alums or fellows from a fellows class still hang out together. And so you still do, Some martini infused fun. Is that is that accurate? With some of your folks from the from the twenty seventeen engaged crew? Is that true? Yeah,
1: we still do have our our martini club. Yes, that's right.
0: Okay. And have you expanded beyond martinis, or really is this every time you're together it's (laughs) martinis for for the the ladies?
1: You know, what's funny is that initially, and I know that probably Gabby and Alana will say the same thing, and I'm sorry that I'm like putting them on the spot, Uh, but I think we initially bonded over martinis, and then I know I realized that I really can't drink martinis They're I don't know, maybe it's as you get older, I have no idea, but yeah, we still call it Martini Club because it sounds cool, but yeah, we don't really drink martinis anymore.
0: Nice, and then last thing, speaking about getting older, so you're getting a little bit older. We won't say how much this Friday. At this point in your life, how do you view birthdays?
1: Uh, you know, I was actually asked this question earlier um, during a... am currently taking a mindful writing class at USC, and we had to share some sort of like personal experience or like a, or like a conflict in our lives. And I said, I always feel some type of way (laughs) around my birthday. And I used to always have this sense of like an existential crisis, um, around my birthday. And I think that's just something that we all struggle with or deal with. Um, but I actually feel good. I feel much better. I think I'm at a point in my life where I am not imposing these unrealistic expectations on myself. Um, I think especially when you hit 30, and I will age myself, you know. I think when you hold 30 and you're in your early 30s, I think when we look back on, you know, when we were like in our 20s, we always think, oh, by 30, I'm gonna accomplish this, this, and this, and this. Um, and I think you eventually have to just get to a point of just self-acceptance and being like, this is where I'm at, and I'm happy with it. Um, and to not beat yourself up for not meeting those expectations and those goals. So I'm feeling good. Yeah.
0: Well said. Well, have a wonderful weekend. We're excited to see you this Saturday for Engage. And then we'll hopefully see you after your wild birthday celebrations on Saturday. But uh, I appreciate all you've done for the chapter. Appreciate you being on the Zag. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode. Remember, you can catch all past episodes, all the places where you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. They're all there. Check out all the great NLC alums, both local and national, doing really cool stuff. So until next time, we'll catch you soon.